hearts, that you would speak, that you would move. That God, just even in this place, maybe people came here and didn't expect to hear from you. But God, speak to us. Speak to all of us. We want to hear from you, Lord. So God, we thank you again for who you are, for what you've done, and we're here to honor you now. We want to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We just ask that you speak to our hearts in this wonderful morning in your name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Do me a favor. Be friendly. Be outgoing. Meet someone new. Don't wait for someone to go to you. You go to them. Say what's up. Ask them how they're doing. Talk to them about Christmas. Don't make this quick. Spend some time getting to know each other. All right, hey, once you've met someone, uh, you can go ahead and take a seat, but only when you've met someone. Uh, just want to say welcome, welcome to the exchange. My name is Josiah. I'm so glad you guys are here. If you are new, I would love to meet you after and just say what's up, so please stop by and say hi. Do me a favor, turn to Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15. Uh, <laughs> if you need a Bible, raise your hand. We want to get you a Bible so you can follow along. We would love that. Luke chapter 15. You can turn there, raise your hand. They're out passing out Bibles right now. So I hope you guys had a great Christmas. Um, it, was, it was so nice and such a sweet time on Monday to spend Christmas Eve with you guys. Um, I hope you guys were encouraged and just blessed by that night. It was so fun to see some new faces and just see you guys on Christmas Eve. This is our family. Hey, here's what we're doing. Let me kind of explain where we're at, what we're doing, and then uh, I'll actually, we have a guest speaker today. I'll pass off the mic, but uh, here's what we're doing. So this I guess, New Year, 2019, um, we want to take two weeks, January 6th and 13th, the first two weeks of the New Year, we want to just talk about this idea of build, that Jesus said, on this rock, I will build my church, that it's Jesus's church, and he builds it, and we get to join him, and so we're going to take two weeks to talk about 2019, and kind of the heart and vision for our church of 2019, some new things we want to focus on, some new ministry opportunities we want to focus on, and I'm excited just for 2019 and what's ahead. Kind of like finishing our first year as a church here at the school, and uh, it's been a really sweet time. So that's next Sunday, January 6th. Please, actually, if you want to invite a friend, it's a great time to kind of hear more about the church and opportunities and just ways to get plugged in. So that is January 6th and 13th. And then on January 20th, we are having our one-year anniversary, which is so exciting. Uh, so we'll be celebrating that. We're starting the book of Philippians on January 20th, and we're also going to have a time after service, like a potluck kind of a thing at a park. So uh, I'll tell you more about that January 6th, but please put that on your calendar. January 20th, I mean. January 20th, we're going to have our one-year anniversary, and we're going to have a potluck after church. It's going to be so fun. Also, uh, I want you guys just to keep this in mind. I'll share this at the end. Um, to start off our new year, and hopefully just to continue throughout the year, we're going to do a prayer walk as a church, and that will be on January 10th. On January 10th, Thursday night at 7 p.m., we're going to drive to the Cove in Deerfield. The Cove is like a shopping plaza. We're going to park and just have these little prayer cards and just walk around, walk over the bridge and walk around the beach and just, and just pray over South Florida and just pray over this area. So you'll be hearing more about that, um, but I want you to like put that in your phone, put that in your calendar. It's going to be great. So um, that's kind of what's happening. Uh, maybe if you were here last year, if you were here last year, I think it was actually Sunday, December 31st, we had a guy named Casey Cleveland, the pastor of Avenue Church, come and share. And our hope is to make this like a yearly thing, like every year that he can come out and share. So before he comes up, let me explain. Casey uh, has been such an influence in my life, and I believe actually many of yours in your lives too. I know many of you know him. But he's, he's been a guy that has kind of been like a big brother to me in this process of church planting. He's spoken life and encouragement into my family, into my life, into this church. Uh, a lot of the questions I have, we go to them. <laughs> we go to them. Uh, our church is, or is partnering with his church to go to Haiti in March. So the, the, I think the 18 of you that are going to Haiti, uh, we're going with their church in March. So would you guys do me a big favor and just welcome Casey Cleveland as he comes up here and shares the word. Very excited to have him here. He's still walking, so you can keep clapping. It's good. <laughs> Dude, thank you, man. Seriously, looking forward to it. Oh, guest speaker. I'm sorry. It's me. Some of you are like, 
this is our second time here. It's awesome. And then guest speaker. <laughs> Sorry, I know how that goes. I know how that goes. Um, I'm, uh, I'm really excited to be here uh, with you guys today. It's, uh, it's going to be a great day. And like Josiah said, it is, uh, it's just been an honor to walk alongside you guys and to be encouraged uh, to see God begin new works. And uh, you are certainly one of them. And uh, it's, been, uh, it's just been really dear to our heart to see that the, the gospel is still going forward in really um, beautiful ways uh, throughout South Florida. And you guys are uh, a living embodiment of that. And I just wanted to say, um, I think the Lord wanted you to hear this, uh, the team that was singing up here, um, Jesus just delighted in that. So for whatever, whatever that's worth to the team that was up here singing, just felt like the delight of Jesus over you, and you should know that as you were singing. So uh, thanks for that team, wherever you might. Uh, yeah, let's give them a hand. <laughs> All right, awesome. So um, you know how they say it's not how you start, it's how you finish? You know, you've heard that saying? Um, I'm not sure I believe it. I'm not, I'm not sure I fully believe that. Like, I get um, having a good finish is really important, right? And, and I understand that the gospel message is not, like, where you came from. It's, it's like, where you're going in Christ. But um, w- when, you, when you really think about that idea of it's not how you start, it's how you finish, uh, it's not actually always true. Uh, if you're uh, any kind of, like, a football fan and you were watching some football games yesterday, and especially in the second game you saw Oklahoma uh, play Alabama, you saw that Oklahoma had a really rough start and a great finish, but check this out, it wasn't enough. It actually wasn't enough. They spent the whole second half trying to make up for a bad start, and it, and it wasn't enough. And as I think about the Exchange Church, and I think about this, like, your life personally, w- like, how you start 2019 really matters. It, it really matters, uh, because you don't actually want to live half of 2019 trying to make up for a bad start. So if you start well, you'll be able to actually finish that much better. And so today, I think like the Lord just has me here to help you guys start well. And, uh, and so that's what we're going to try to do. And, and I am a firm believer that starting well for us personally, for me personally, uh, for you guys, uh, is all about getting to the right party. Getting to the right party. So I came in here this morning, and it looked like there was a party happening. Like, the, the, the team, whoever the team is that made this place look so festive and made me want to be here, uh, well done, because it actually goes tremendously well uh, with the message. Because, man, starting 2019 for us is going to really be about getting to the right party. Now, I don't know about you guys, but um, uh, looking for the right party uh, might be different today than it was, like, 10 years ago. Okay? Is that fair? Like, so 10 years ago, the way you looked for the right party w- probably have different elements than it does today. So uh, I'll just tell you what my New Year's Eve is going to look like. Okay, I have a two- and three-year-old. I have other kids as well, uh, but they're not just quite as demanding as my two- and three-year-old. So I'm just going to talk to you about my two- and three-year-old. Um, so cr- uh, New Year's Eve for us in our, in our house will be filled with feasting, dancing, all the things that I might have looked for 10 years ago. It's just going to be different. There's definitely going to be some chicken nuggets. There's going to be some tater tots, probably Krispy Crowns. Um, some cookies, and there's, there's absolutely going to be music. My, my two and three-year-old, they d- on de- randomly will on demand ask for these three songs. They will on demand ask for jumping. Now, you don't know what that song is because that's not the actual title. They just don't know how YMCA starts. <laughs> but, but at the beginning of YMCA, it says Young Man, right, if you know that song. Can we get the guy in the box up here again? Can we do Young Man? Young man, I don't even know all the words, but whatever. And they think it's saying jumping. So they love YMCA. Um, They demand cha-cha slide. And randomly, they will ask for ice, ice baby. So, (laughs) Josiah, you might have to come and do some family counseling with us. (laughs) I'm not sure about pastor's kids loving vanilla ice, but whatever. It's just kind of part of our reality. The point of a really good party is that it's going to have some consistent elements to it. Like, you know if you're at a good party or not. And if you're not at a good party, there's always an invitation usually to to leave and go to a better party. And that's what Jesus does for us today. In Luke 15, he actually just invites us to a better party because we're all actually at our own party. It just may not be the best one. And so as you, as you open your Bibles and you have them open here in, in Luke 15, you probably, you probably know this story. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to sort of model Jesus' teaching here. I'm going to tell it to you story-wise, and then we're going to do a deep dive here on on two or three verses. Um, So the story is set in the context of Jesus um, explaining the kingdom of God. And Jesus is in trouble. I love it when Jesus gets in trouble. 
he is always loving the wrong people. And he gets in trouble for it. Have you ever noticed that? Like, the only people Jesus has serious conflict with are, are like, the highly religious type. And, and usually the conflict is, like, why are you loving these tax collectors? Why are you opening your home and this meal to that prostitute? Why the adulteress? Why does she get to come? Why, why, why are you loving the wrong people? It's like God is famous for loving the wrong people. And the more I read the Bible, the more I get to realize maybe I'm just one of those wrong people. And I can just be super comfortable with that because the Bible is all about a God who loves the wrong people. Well, this, this parable is, is about a God who loved the wrong people. And he's, and he's telling it in the context to some people who were questioning him. He's like, why do you eat with tax collectors and sinners? And so Jesus tells a couple of parables. And then this is sort of the, the, the culmination of, of two or three uh, parables. And really, it's the story of the gospel. It's the story of the gospel. And so basically you, you have somebody who um, has find, ha, they've, they've found their life outside of, of God. They've decided that they can do better than what God has to offer. And that's just kind of a, a soft way of talking about sin. They're pursuing the sinfulness of their heart. It's the, it's the younger brother. I'm going to talk about him in just a minute. But he's out, and he's just, like, living it up. And, and he's decided that, that, that God, or the father in this particular story, doesn't have all that he would need to find joy and satisfaction. And so he's running hard after, his own, um, after, after the desires of his own heart. And the cool part about it is when he finally comes to the end of himself, he doesn't have to clean up. He doesn't have to get right. He doesn't have to make it all better or make restitution. He just simply has to turn from one life and receive another. And, th and that's, that's what Jesus came to offer. You see, the cross is all about the fact that Jesus, the perfect substitute with no sin of his own, went and stood in our place, and he took the penalty or the, the punishment, the wrath of God, which my sinfulness and your sinfulness earned. And he died my death. And on the third day, he overcame my sin, he overcame my death, and he then welcomed me to simply leave my party of sinfulness and selfishness and shallowness and receive his finished work. Begin by faith to say, Jesus, you are enough. I want what you have to offer me. Will you begin in my life? So just like, the, just like the younger brother, I got to come to the end of my sin and suffering and say, I, I don't want this anymore, Jesus. I trust that you have and are that something better. When a person comes to Christ in that way, they are forgiven. They are adopted into the family of God because the Father no, no longer needs to, to punish sin. If sin's already punished and, and the price has been paid in Christ, our Father is just and righteous and holy. He doesn't have to punish it again. He can receive us through our faith in Christ's finished work into the family of God. So we understand forgiveness is granted that way. We're adopted into a new family. But sometimes I think something we might miss in our pursuit of uh, the Christian life is that we're invited into a better party. Like, let's not miss the theology of how the kingdom of God is oftentimes related to a feast or to a party. Did we not get left a party or a feast to celebrate on a regular basis that would remind us of Jesus' death and resurrection? It's called the Lord's Supper. Or it's called communion. And in that supper, does it not point us to the fact that we are about to inherit another feast, another wedding celebration that is coming for all of those who are in Christ? And does that not harken back to the fact that we started in this beautiful, harmonious relationship where there was no sin in the garden. And we got to eat and enjoy the best of who God is and what he had given us. It's like Jesus loves a good party and invites us to one in Luke 15. Now the characters that you may be familiar with are the younger brother. And he was, he, he, he was looking for the better party. But he was trying to find it by breaking all the rules. That might be you. It might have been you. It might be like, okay, if, I'm if, if, if this is the way I'm supposed to live, I'm going to live this way because I think I can find my life out there. That's the younger brother. There's an older brother in this story, and the older brother was looking for the better party by keeping all the rules. This is the guy who thought, if I can just perform uh, in, in such a way that I feel really good about myself and I can kind of like keep my morality at an all-time high, well, then that must be where life is found. And so he was looking for the better party by keeping all the rules. The problem was both of them, they were trying to experience the better party outside of the dad. Neither of them 
had an intimate connection with the dad. Both of them knew about the father. Both of them knew where the father lived. But neither of them were actually enjoying the presence of the father. They both were serving the God of self, just in different ways. Now, the dad here in this particular story is obviously an incredibly important character. And if you really think through and meditate on this particular parable, you'll see that he's actually the point of the parable. Not, not the younger, but, but the father and the way the father interacts um, in this particular parable. He's the host. And as you know, with any good party, it usually comes down to the host. And the host does a few beautiful things in this particular party. And what we're going to do is we're going to look through, as we turn to our scripture now, some of the elements that go with being at the right party and then end by asking ourselves the question, how do we stay at that party? Here's our deep dive in verses 25 through 27. Now his older son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. If you're not familiar with the parable, Here's the 30-second version of it. Two sons, both connected to the dad. The younger is like, dad, give me all my money, goes out and squanders it in crazy living. The younger doesn't ask for his inheritance, but stays outside the house and tries to work for it. Both of them without the father. Finally, the younger son comes to his senses and comes back home. And what does the dad do? The dad runs out and kisses him repeatedly and brings him back into the house and throws a party. The older brother gets super ticked because he's like, yo, where's my party? I've been here laboring. The dad then goes out to him and is like, you could have come the whole time and you can even come now. That's the parable. Here's the deep dive. He heard music and he heard dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. So the older brother he knew about the dad. He knew that there was a party going on. He just didn't know how to get there or what it meant. And he said to him, this is the servant, your brother has come. This is the younger brother who was out living crazy, running far from God. And your father has killed the fattened calf, which in this culture would have been like the most expensive sacrificial thing that was saved for the best, best moment. Your father's killed the fattened calf because he has received him safe and sound. So what we're going to do here to ensure that the exchange church, by the power of the Holy Spirit, starts well and, and, and goes to the right party, and, and the same is true for us personally, to make sure that we're starting at the right party, we're going to look at some of the elements of the right party, and I'm going to have you ask yourself the question, are these true in my life, and are these true here at the exchange church? And if they're not, what is it that God wants to do to make them true? So let's look at some of the elements of the better party, signs that you're at the better party. There's going to be music and dancing, okay? We see that in our particular passage, right? It says that there was music and dancing. It's going to be a place of loud celebration. It's going to be a place known for uncommon joy, uncommon joy. The better party always is a place of celebration. It's always a place that's loud. It's always a place that has music and dancing and cause for rejoicing, no matter what the situation. You see, joy is common when it's associated with your circumstances. If you have joy or happiness, and we don't need to like, you know, kind of like get semantic over here. If, if you have the, the, the experience of pleasure, um, that's not necessarily that uncommon. Like, the world can get that. It can come from a good meal, a great relationship, an awesome family life, all those sort of things. The problem is, and th those aren't bad things, the problem is those sort of experiences never last, and they usually over-promise and under-deliver. So take, for example, food, relationships, movies, whatever it is. They usually promise, like, this is going to be the most epic thing ever, and then you go, and it was pretty epic, but then it just doesn't last, and it usually keeps you coming back for more. Or then when you have that relationship break up, or somebody gets, a, like, a disease and dies, or, or there's, like, tragedy in some sort of other nature, it reminds you that these must not have been the things that were supposed to bring me that lasting joy. These were supposed to probably point me to another source of joy that I haven't yet received. So if you're at the right party, you're going to be around some celebration and some uncommon joy because our joy, the happiness of our heart, is tied directly to the gospel story. 
It's tied to an inheritance and a salvation that is kept in Christ, which you cannot lose, which does not tarnish, which will not fade away. And so no matter what the status of my marriage is, my wife of almost 22 years is here, and you have a beautiful baby, and I love you, and we're thriving in our family, although it's really busy, and our house is a bit messy, and like our schedules are crazy, and we're really exhausted, and I'm told one day it's going to go by, so don't blink, but I can barely keep my eyes open. Like, so even though all that's our, our reality and things are good, there might be a day when it's not. There might be, I mean, like, I'm, I'm like a broken sinner. She's a broken sinner. We, we do broken and sinful things still. Like, my joy cannot be based on the status of our family life, or it would just simply be common joy that comes and go based on how my family is doing. But see, I have an uncommon joy that realizes that my salvation, my greatest and deepest treasure is in Christ alone. So no matter whether my family thrives or it doesn't, I can still have uncommon joy in the midst of that. You know you're at the right party. If this church is a place of celebration, no matter who's here and what's happening, because of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, it's uncommon joy. What happens with uncommon joy is it becomes contagious. It's way better than any like Instagram posts or Facebook marketing or anything else that might go out. Your uncommon joy will be the most contagious thing that people remember about the Exchange Church. Secondly, signs you're at the better party. Well, the younger brother is there. The younger brother is there, and so I would just simply, I mean, th again, like, this, is, this isn't like my thoughts on it. This is the parable, and Jesus says it's gonna, there's going to be music and dancing, so it's going to be a place of celebration, and it's going to be loud. It's going to be a little bit, like, off the, <laughs> it's going to be, like, why are you so, why, why, what's the joy? What's the celebration? Why? It's also going to be filled with the younger brother. The better party has a ton of younger brothers at it, or it's probably not the better party. It might be a gathering, it might even be a church gathering, it might be a Bible study, it might be your small group. But unless it's got the younger brother who feels at home in your midst, it's not the better party. It's just simply a gathering with, with maybe the Bible being read. You've got to have the younger brother. That's what Jesus, it's the picture that Jesus paints of the kingdom. It's filled with younger brothers and younger sisters who were running hard and far from God, who now are beginning to feel that they belong in the kingdom of God. The better party is going to have a ton of younger brothers there. And so if you're taking notes, you're going to, it's kind of the theme of this is uncommon. So you've got uncommon joy. It's going to be uncommon people. So in 2019, the Exchange Church, you, you, you will know if you guys are at the better party, if this church is increasingly filled with uncommon people. Like, there's no way that dude was ever going to come to church. Look at him. He's, like, shaking hands out there. Is that even okay? I don't know. Like, like does that, like, send the wrong message? I don't know. I don't know. Well, look at that person. Oh, oh my goodness, look at that person. They, they is my life going to be filled with uncommon people? Are people going to question the people I associate with to the degree that that dude's a pastor and why is, is he associating or why is that person around their family? Why are they friends with that particular person? Is my life going to be filled with uncommon people? Because if it's not, I'm probably not at the better party personally. Uncommon people in both your life and church are always at the better party. And I like to think of it as um, the Exchange Church in 2019 or, or my personal life as a place where people feel comfortable to belong before they believe. So, like, let's just look at the example of Jesus, right? He takes 12 guys who don't know much about him, and he goes and he changes the world that we're still being changed by today through them. He did not ask them to sign any kind of creed. They did not have to sign a statement of faith. They, they, they had no testimony at the beginning. Here's, well, I you, here's what Jesus says. I know you guys preach on the stage now. It's just kind of like crazy. It's like way back there. You guys are right here. It's Josiah. Love this guy. Excuse me. It's just Josiah right here. Kimber. 
Here's what Jesus says. You. <laughs> Peter. Peter, oh my goodness, I love you. I know you don't know much about me. I know that you're just, you know, like, I know how you live. You're just so rough. You say stupid things and you, you hurt people and you're, you're callous and you're filled with self. You come follow me. I'm going to love on you. I'm going to love. I'm going to give myself fully to you right now, not when you get better. Not when you become a deacon in this church, you become an elder, or you get some sort of leadership position. Peter, now you come with me. You get to belong with me. Do you believe? No, you don't believe. You're going to sell me out at the most critical moment when it matters. You are going to turn your back on me as quickly as you can. You know what? You get to come with me. You get to not just come with me. You get to be close. You get to be like right next to me the whole time before you believe. Before you have it all figured out. So if this church and your personal life, if, if we're not filled with some uncommon people who feel comfortable to belong here before they believe, you're probably not at the better party. You're probably at something different. See, people need a place. You needed a place to belong before you believed. Well, it's not the only people that are there. You know, you, you have, you've got the younger brother. It's a, part, it's a good party if the younger brother's there. It's a good party if there's music and dancing and, and like, you know, arms in the air and people just like, I love David in the Old Testament. He just like loses himself in worship and his wife's like, what are you doing? I love that story. It's like uncommon joys, you got uncommon people here. Well, who else is at the party? The dad's there. The dad's there. Um, so the, the two guys, the younger brother and the older brother, they were trying to find the right party, but it's just the dad wasn't there. So they were working really hard for it. You might be here, and you might be working really hard for your like life's contentment, significance, and joy. You might be doing all that you can, and it's not for lack of effort that you haven't found the right party. But if the dad's not there... If it's not about the person of God through the work of Jesus Christ, you're at the wrong party. And my greatest prayer for you is that you would exhaust yourself quickly and like the younger brother, come to the end of yourself and join where the dad is. The dad is at the better party. So he's going to be our uncommon presence. He's going to be our uncommon presence in this whole narrative of the better part. You got some uncommon joy. How do you know? Look for uncommon joy. How do you know? Look for uncommon people. How do you know? Look for an uncommon presence. Like God himself will dwell among his people. You know what's really cool is like scripture affirms scripture, right? So if you read one scripture, it's going to be affirmed somewhere else in the, in, in, the, in the Bible. And so what I know about where God lives, one of the places that God says he dwells or he inhabits is in the praises of his people. So what's cool is when you guys give yourself over to uncommon joy, celebration, music, and dancing because of Jesus, God dwells there. He inhabits there. The uncommon presence of God is there. And so your celebration cannot be a 1030 to an 1130 on a Sunday morning thing. You have to live celebratory lives outside of here where you're just always like, you're, you're speaking in psalms and hymns and scripture and you got it in your heart, you got it in your head and you always thinking about like, man, I'm the younger son or I'm even the older brother who actually came in. I didn't want to come in, but I did. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to get me. You've got to continue to rehearse the gospel in your heart so that you have a celebration on your face that people begin to ask, and the uncommon presence of God is with you. The dad is going to be there. And so in this church, in 2019, to start well, you've got to ensure that the presence of God is here. Well, where... Where in the scriptures does it say that God lives or, or inhabits or creates a home for? Well, we know that he creates a home for the fatherless. We know that that's part of where his habitation would be. We know that he inhabits the praises of his people. If you look at the life of Jesus, he's always with the wrong people. So if you find yourself as a church with the wrong people, you know God's going to be there. Giving yourself over to the scriptures, the living word of God. Giving yourself over to prayer. These are things... 
that are going to increase your experience of the uncommon presence of God. The dad is at the party. You don't want to be at a party that is explainable. You want to be at a party where you're like, I don't know that how that happened. It just God was here, and that guy got healed, or, or there was provision made over there, or I didn't see that coming. I, I love to talk about the God of the third way. I'm, I'm kind of like a dreamer, and sometimes it gets me in trouble, and sometimes it's really cool. We call them bad ideas at the avenue, and so it's that we, get to, we get to hide under the shelter of like, hey, I've got another bad idea. And sometimes they're legitimately bad ideas, like you shouldn't do them. And then other times they're bad ideas that turn like, that was like a, it was a God idea, but thankfully we got to kind of try it out. And the reason I love bad ideas is because I firmly believe in the God of the third way. Let me just real quickly introduce you if you're not familiar with the God of the third way. It's the same God that Moses knew. And this is how the God of the third way works. You've got the Red Sea over here that you can't swim across. It's like no matter who you are, if you take a gazillion Israelites into it, you're going to die and they're going to die. And then you've got an enemy over here that wants to kill you, wants to crush you. You have two options. None of them are good. Let me tell you about Moses' God of the third way who comes and he makes an unforeseen and unstrategized way through the Red Sea that delivers God's people into the promised land and crushes the enemy. God is famous not only for loving the wrong people, he's famous for creating that third way you didn't expect. So will you this year in 2019, Exchange Church, be open to the God of the third way? to the unexpected journey God may have you on when option A and option B don't look good and God has to show up. Will you even be willing to put yourself in position personally where option A and option B aren't good and God, if you don't show up, we're in trouble? Uncommon presence. The fourth element of knowing that you're at the right party is there's feasting. There's feasting. I love this. Some of you right now, you're going to, like, really link into the message because you're thinking about what's for, like, brunch after. And you're like, man, this guest speaker, I know he's going to honor time. He keeps looking at, okay, I'm going to honor time. I'm going to be out of here not too long. You know, and, like, so feasting. I love feasting. I love to eat. And I love to eat good foods. And, and here's, I've kind of, like, tried to train myself. When I'm, I eat super slow, it's kind of annoying to people around me. But I eat slow. And while I'm eating slow, I just, like, love, I love dark chocolate. I love bacon. I love cheeseburgers. Not in the same meal, but, like, to, like I love all that stuff. And, and here's what I do. Like, oftentimes I will eat, and I'll be like, oh, man, like, Jesus, thank you for this cheeseburger and the cheese and the onions. You didn't have to make onions. You didn't have to, but you did. Because you, why? Because you love me. And, you, like, you're the sweet fulfillment in my life, Jesus, that these onions are bringing me with this meat. I just can't, like, I'm, I know that's super weird. And, but it actually, I, that's how I enjoy food sometimes. Not all the time, but that's also what makes my meals a little longer. Because I'll be like, wait, we'll with you just a minute. I'm just, like, worshiping right now. <laughs> and we are created to enjoy feasting. And as we talked about before, there's going to be a feast in Revelation, it talks about we're invited to the feast of, it's like a wedding supper. And it's going to be this amazing party where that's going to be like, like a main central theme of our eternal existence is enjoying the presence of God at a feast, at a party. You know you're at the right party if, if there's feasting happening, if there's uncommon satisfaction, uncommon satisfaction. You've got you got some uncommon joy. You've got some uncommon people there. You, you have the uncommon presence of God creating third ways that surprise you. But then you also have uncommon satisfaction. It's like you, you, you gather together, and whether there's 200 of you, and um, it's like this amazing experiential moment, or there's 20 of you. And it's like we're just kind of like working through the word. Maybe we throw up a song. It doesn't matter. Like you have this, this great satisfaction about you that comes from Jesus and not what you're getting from Jesus. Like, like salvation, uh, by the way, if I could recommend any book to you, obviously outside of scripture to read and to meditate on and to allow to like sink deeply into your soul, it would be Prodigal God by Tim Keller. You'll, you'll catch some of the themes of this message from that book, Prodigal God by Tim Keller. Read it, read it to your kids. It's awesome. Grow your kids up in that. 
But one of the things he talks about in that particular book is that, like, salvation is meant to be experienced. That's why there's so much talk about feasting. Because when you enjoy food, when you enjoy a party, when you enjoy a feast, that's an experience that goes beyond just your head. Listen, you weren't saved in your brain just so you could think new, reformed, biblical, gospel-centered, all the right word. Like, that's not why you were saved. You weren't saved just to think about the things of God. You were saved to taste and see how good the Lord is, to have your hands in it, to, like, experience it holistically. You know the resurrection body of Jesus comes back, and what does he do? My man eats. He walks through walls. He does crazy. He does really cool stuff. But he eats, and he's with people, and he touches people. It's like salvation. The gospel is meant to be experienced holistically it's not just something you put in your brain and get better at your thinking and so there's feasting at the right party and so in 2019 man exchange church will you guys be a place where salvation can be tasted and seen and experienced from the moment you walk in and you see this place being hospitably welcoming to the worship to the preaching of the word to the gathering afterwards to the good coffee you drink will you care about the details because the details remind us that there is something special going on and his name is Jesus and he's worth all this and more there's feasting at the party and uncommon satisfaction Jesus says multiple times in the scriptures he alludes to himself as the bread of life, as the manna that came in the Old Testament. He's the fulfillment of that. He says to his disciples that you actually can't be a part of me unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. He, he's very much like, I am the food that you need. So as much as I talk about real and physical food, it all points to you feasting on the person of Jesus and drinking more and more deeply of his presence and his gospel truth. Will you be a place that points to Jesus? Will you be a place that points to Jesus? I have realized that my purpose, I feel like my purpose in life, I'm 44, right? And so I, you sh- I guess you're supposed to know what you're doing by 44, you know? It's like midlife thing. You should probably have an idea of what your purpose is. So I feel like I just learned my purpose this year. Like, I want to be an awesome dad. And like, baby, I want to love you, you know, like just be awesome to you, and, like, I, w- I want to do a lot of awesome things. I want to see the Avenue be a part of, like, a really cool movement and be a part, like, we're, we're part of Church United, and I want to see by 2023 the amount of Christ followers doubled here in the South Florida area. I want to give my life to that, but I realized that my purpose was real simple. My purpose in life is to hold high the person of Jesus in every moment of every day. That doesn't always revolve around a sermon. Sometimes it's just the way I coach my, my kids' little league team. Sometimes it's the way I play with my two-year-old, and sometimes it's the way I preach, and sometimes it's the way I greet people as they come into our church, and sometimes it's the way I eat a meal. But I realized that, like, God anointed me to preach the good news to the poor and to bind up the broken spirit. And the way I do that is I just keep lifting high and pointing people to the resurrected person of Jesus. Check this out. It's not just, like, um, unique to me. That's what God is doing through us. And the question is, in 2019, will you be a place where there's feasting that points to Jesus? And then finally, the older brother's mad. You know you're at the better party when the older brother, he's angry. Sometimes um, we, uh, my, my two and three-year-old, they get, they get angry. <laughs> Somebody described my three-year-old as a caveman, and I felt like that was a very theological and biblical description of, of my three-year-old. That he's a he's a caveman, right? And, and and so he just gets angry and expresses his angry anger. And and sometimes I just want to call him an angry little elf. And I know I shouldn't, and that would be that would be inappropriate, and it would refer to the Christmas movie that's super classic uh, in our home. But like, I see his anger come out, and it's like, oh man, like you're you're angry little you're angry little elf. There's an angry little elf in this parable. It's the older brother, and, and watch this now. The older brother, he's not necessarily at the party, but he's angry that there's a party going on. So, listen, Exchange Church, you're going to know that you're at the better party if you have some older brothers 
in your life who are angry at how open and aggressive and affectionate you've become to all the wrong people. You're going to have that in your personal life as well. You know, I've become convinced that unless probably 20% of the people don't like what you're doing, you're probably not doing anything significant. That includes your family. I have a family of six. There's probably one that's like, that's super lame, Dad. Oh, we must be doing something cool. If everyone's in agreement with all that you're doing all the time, you're probably not doing anything significant. But if you know you've got some older brothers out there who have traditionally always done things this way, and it's always where this is just the way we do them, and all of a sudden now you're, you're starting to do things and branch out into places and try to take the gospel creatively to places and people it's never gone before, you're going to make them mad. If you don't have people who are questioning, like, why are, why are we doing that? And I'm not sure that's right. And why are we with this? Why did we associate with this group? And why did we go here? If you don't have that type of questioning, you're probably not at the better party as a church or as a person. So don't let that discourage or defer you. Let it encourage you that you are actually following the invite of the Father. A place of disturbance. It's going to become a place of disturbance. You're going to disturb people along the way of pursuing gospel advancement, not to mention the fact that you have an enemy that hates what you're doing. Our last uncommon here is uncommon negativity. You're probably going to experience some uncommon negativity, possibly from people or sources you didn't expect. It's okay. It's okay. You're probably at the better party. So where do we apply? We apply briefly here. It's just like, how do we get there and how do we stay there? Some of you are at this party, but if you've never come to this party and you're like thinking, man, that sounds like a party. I, I know I'm the wrong person. And like the kingdom of God and, and the host of that party, the father wants me. Like the way that you come to this party is you, you look at the invitation of the father. Just follow the invitation of the Father. And here's what the Father says. Don't go get cleaned up. Don't go get better. Don't go shower and, and go to a few Bible studies. Just come exactly as you are because I'm not going to make you better. I'm not going to clean you up. I'm going to give you new life. So bring your dead self in. Do not be ashamed that you are in this sinful relationship, pursuing this sinful behavior, and doing this sort of, like you, your thoughts and your mind, your motives, are all against anything you've heard from the scriptures. Bring it all in, surrender it to Jesus, and Jesus isn't gonna like reform you, he's gonna make you new. If you come with your dirty, nasty, wrong self. The younger brother stunk. He did not pretend to not stink and still have the marks of the world that he had been pursuing upon him. And here's what the father does. Oh, my, me. You're here. You, you'll get that later, maybe. You're here. And what does he do? The original language says that he puts his arms around him and he kisses him multiply. It's an embarrassingly affectionate moment when the father sees the dead, nasty son turn and make a move in his direction. He runs to him and lavishes his love on him just as he is. So if you've never been to this party, man, let me just be the first. It would be a joy that I would get to celebrate at that eternal feast to be the first to invite you to that party and simply just say, yes, Jesus, I'm here. Will you take me? How do we stay at that party? Well, you got to look to the feast of the Father. I have a heart that's prone to wander. So even though I'm at an amazing party, I'm always going to, I, I suffer from FOMO. You guys suffer from, fo from FOMO? You know what FOMO is? Fear of missing out. I'm always sure there's a better party, church service, preacher, whatever, out those doors. I know there's got to be something better that way. And so I suffer from fear of missing out. My heart is prone to wander. And so the only way that I'm actually going to stay at the party, at the better party, where Jesus is the point of it, is if I learn to enjoy God more. Watch me. Look, not serve God better. Not, like, just sell out to, like, I'm just going to be a better pleaser of God. 
Now I'm going to read my Bible harder. I'm just going to like do the disciplines more. That's, that's not what I'm trying to tell you. I'm not saying those things might be a part of this enjoying God. But here's what I'm telling you. Learn to enjoy the person of God. My God is so beautiful and amazing. He loves you and he wants to be enjoyed by you. So learn this year how to better enjoy the person of God and drink deeply of this gospel message that says you can come and keep coming as you are, as you are, as you are. How are you guys going to move forward and build? It's a good word. Don't come to the avenue because if I steal it, then he's, you guys are going to know I stole it from him. <laughs> We're building in 2019 at the avenue. I had this revelation from Josiah. <laughs> so great. How are you going to build in 2019? Look to the activity of the Father. Here's what the Father did. Ready? Watch. The Father intentionally leaves where he is. looks for those who are far from him, and then affectionately engages them right where they are, invites them back, both for the younger brother and the older brother. Intentionally looks, leaves, and then affectionately engages them and says, won't you come with me? Man, 2019, you want to build Build like that, and I know God will bring beautiful, beautiful things for you. Let's pray. Father, we ask that um, you would take these words. God, I just, um, I just would pray that you would do one thing, that you would um, give us your heart. Whether there was insight or thought or something that was like, oh, man, that's a great point. No, no, no. Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you implant your heart into ours? Capture us with this gospel message and send us out made new. Lord, for those here who for the first time might be responding to the invitation, it is my great joy to welcome you to the family. Simply allow Jesus to know in your own words, I'm a sinner, I get it, I'm broken, I'm the wrong person. But for the first time, I'm starting to experience that you actually love me, that I get to come. And so I'm leaving my, my party for your better party. I trust your work on my behalf through your death and resurrection. God, keep this church at the party and send them into South Florida and beyond to make your name famous. Christ, in your name we pray these things with thanksgiving. Amen.
Father, we just, um, we thank you that you are the God of the third way. We thank you, Jesus, that you are that third son in the story. You are the better son. You're the son who gave it all for us. Lord, I just thank you for this reminder, God. We want to uh, enjoy you more. We want to celebrate you more. We want to celebrate this free gift of salvation that's found in Jesus. God, we thank you that the kingdom of God is not meat nor drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We thank you for this joy. God, we thank you for what you offer us. Lord, I just ask that um, everyone in this room, that you'd speak to them, that there would be the sense of joy, joy in who you are. God, that we rejoice in you, Lord, that we would just take joy in you. We thank you again for this party that you threw for us, that God, though we were lost or though we were self-righteous in the field, you came to us. You ran to us. Thank you. Jesus, we're forever grateful for what you've done. We just want to praise you now in your wonderful name. Amen. Hey, you guys can remain standing for just a second. I just want to thank Casey.